Part 1. A Theology of Heaven Introduction The Subject of Heaven Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. John 14, verses 1 through 3. The sense that we will live forever somewhere has shaped every civilization in human history. Australian Aborigines pictured heaven as a distant island beyond the western horizon. Mexicans, Peruvians, and Polynesians believed that they went to the sun or the moon after death. Native Americans believed that in the afterlife their spirits would hunt the spirits of buffalo. The Gilgamesh epic, an ancient Babylonian legend, refers to a resting place of heroes and hints at a tree of life. In the pyramids of Egypt, the embalmed bodies had maps placed beside them as guides to the future world. The Romans believed that the righteous would picnic in the Elysian fields while their horses grazed nearby. Although these depictions of the afterlife differ, the unifying testimony of the human heart throughout history is belief in life after death. Anthropological evidence suggests that every culture has a God-given innate sense of the eternal. Early Christians' Preoccupation with Heaven The Roman catacombs, where the bodies of many martyred Christians were buried, contained tombs with inscriptions such as these, in Christ, Alexander is not dead, but lives, one who lives with God. He was taken up into his eternal home. One historian writes, Pictures on the catacomb walls portray heaven with beautiful landscapes, children playing, and people feasting at banquets. In A.D. 125, a Greek named Aristides wrote to a friend about Christianity, explaining why this new religion was so successful. If any righteous man among the Christians passes from this world, they rejoice and offer thanks to God, and they escort his body with songs and thanksgiving as if he were setting out from one place to another nearby. In the third century, the church father Cyprian said, Let us greet the day which assigns each of us to his own home, which snatches us from this place and sets us free from the snares of the world and restores us to paradise and the kingdom. Anyone who has been in foreign lands longs to return to his own native land. We regard paradise as our native land. These early Christian perspectives sound foreign today, but their beliefs were rooted in the Scriptures, such as where the Apostle Paul writes, To me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Philippians 1, 21 and 23. He also wrote in 2 Corinthians 5, 6 and 8, As long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. When Jesus told his disciples, In my Father's house are many rooms. I am going there to prepare a place for you, John 14, 2. He deliberately chose common physical terms, house, rooms, place, to describe where he was going and what he was preparing. 
He wanted to give his disciples and us something tangible to look forward to, an actual place where they and we would go to be with him. This place is not an ethereal realm of disembodied spirits because human beings are not suited for such a realm. A place is by nature physical, just as human beings are by nature physical. We are also spiritual. What we are suited for, what we've been specifically designed for, is a place like the one God made for us, earth. In this book, we'll see from Scripture an exciting yet strangely neglected truth. God never gave up on His original plan for human beings to dwell on earth. In fact, the climax of history will be the creation of new heavens and a new earth, a resurrected universe inhabited by resurrected people living with the resurrected Jesus. Revelation 21, 1-4